Welcome back to Suruj Podcast. In the previous episode, we heard how Guru Hargobind left Govanwal Sahib to head to Kartarpur Sahib. I misspoke and said that Baba Gurdatta didn't stay back with the family in Kartarpur. The family stayed back in Govanwal Sahib, and Baba Gurdatta continued on with Guru Hargobind and his warriors. The rest of the brothers, Anirai, Atalrai, Tegbahadar, Surjmal, presumably were all back in Govanwal Sahib. They didn't travel with the Guru. So in the past episode, we heard how Guru Hargobind met with Kola just before sunset. How the Guru mentioned that she would pass away tomorrow just before sunset. So Mata Kola made a request to the Guru to return. Chapter 23 now begins describing how Guru Hargobind was sitting at Tham Sahib, holding a divan there. The Rababits had come sitting near Guru Hargobind singing Gurbani. As the news spread across the village of Kartarpur, the congregations would just stream in, bringing in with them offerings for the Guru and bowing down. They would receive the Guru's darshan, divine sight, and would just be overjoyed. Guru Hargobin looked across everyone there with such grace, granting everybody their wishes. It was evening time now, and they began Sodar Reharas. Upon its completion, everybody bowed down. Guru Hargobin got up, went back to his encampment. With great enjoyment, he ate his dinner there. They made a very soft bed for the Guru, and he peacefully slept through the night. When there was about three hours and 45 minutes left before sunrise the next morning, so about 2.15 in the morning, Guru Hargobind woke up. He bathed at a well named Shakar Gang, made by the exalted Guru Arjun Dev Ji. With this desire, Guru Hargobind went there to bathe, taking with him his very wise servants, his Sikhs. They bowed down at the well, then they bathed. Guru Hargobind then sat there, powerfully focusing his attention. Guru Hargobind contemplated on his true self. Afterwards, he began reciting Gurbani, Sukhmani Sahib, and other compositions he sung in such a high pitch, reciting Gurbani with such love in his heart. To liberate his Sikhs, the Guru spread this practice of reciting Gurbani. While sitting there, the sun rose. From all directions, there was great illumination. And at that point, the Rababis came. They started singing Achonki, Rag Balaval. The Divan commenced there for some time while Shabbats were sung out. Afterwards, the Langri, the chef, came in front of Guru Hargobind and said, Guru Hargobind, the food is ready. The Guru replied, okay, bring the food. But exactly when Guru Hargobind said this, a Sikh came and said, Oh, Guru Hargobind, it's heard that you are the protector of the meek, the nourisher of the poor. Your duty, your habits are to protect the saints and the cows. Around this area, there's a very large tiger. And daily it kills many animals. I took my buffaloes, my cows out to pasture in the forest near here. And a tiger came after us, killing many of my animals. I have come into your sanctuary. Please make me fearless. Dispel this fear of mine from this tiger. Otherwise, I'll be too afraid to go back into the forest where there's plenty of grass for the buffaloes and cows. Guru Hargobind heard this, comforted his sick, and then he said to his servants, quickly get my horse. They quickly then placed a saddle on the horse, taking with him other warriors like Bandit Khan, Bidhi Chand, etc. And Guru Hargobind immediately then just rode out. Altogether, there was about 100 warriors there with Guru Hargobind. The Sikh who requested, he led the group. They saw the forest where the Sikh mentioned that this had happened. And then the entire group, they entered that forest. It was very dense, making it very difficult for the horses to go through the forest. The Sikh pointed out the spot where he saw that tiger. But at this time, the tiger wasn't there. Guru Hargobind then, well, he just started to hunt. They just started killing many wild boar, 
rabbits, many deer as well. All the while, Guru Hargun was telling his warriors, keep an eye out for that tiger. Go here and there, cover some ground, and try to figure out where that tiger is while we hunt. That tiger, it must be satisfied, it must be full after eating some meat. He's not wandering around, his belly is full. He's probably taking a nap under some dense bushes. So go around, shoot your rifles to wake it up. The warriors of Guru Hargobind, they went all around the jungle shooting off their matchlock rifles. The tiger then woke up with a big yawn. It was a massive, ferocious, heavy tiger. It had a long tail and a wide torso. So this big yawn it let out, and then it roared very loudly that all the warriors in the forest heard. The warriors saw it lying under some bush. Hearing this, the warrior Guru Hargobind traveled towards that area and saw the ferocious tiger. It was an awkward spot for the horse to travel to under some bushes. So Guru Hargobind then dismounted at that point. The Guru had a rifle with him, but he chose not to use it. Instead, he opted for a shield and a sword, deciding to face it head on, on foot. The tiger had such large teeth, such a fierce face it had. Its claws were so sharp and white, they were glistening. The hair on the back of the tiger's neck was upright. Looking at it, it was as if that tiger would just pounce on somebody, eat them up right away. The black streaks across the tiger's belly. It looked like snakes on a mountain. Its eyes were so red, it looked as if it was covered with blood. But the tiger's underbelly was quite soft and supple. Guru Hargobind had come right in front of the tiger with his shield in his left hand, and he shouted out, You coward! Why are you standing there? Guru Hargobind yelled this out while walking towards the tiger, who heard this. The tiger then roared out. All the other warriors and the horses standing there, they were quite frightened. They all ran back. Some of the horses just pissed themselves. Others shot themselves. The tiger jumped forward, opening his mouth wide. All the warriors were seeing this from far away. Some of the warriors were mounted up on their horses. The tiger had used all of his strength in his jump, opening its mouth wide, raising its two front paws, which it had super sharp claws. The tiger had jumped forward, coming high for the Guru's head. Guru Hargobind quickly moved his shield up and blocked the attack, holding his shield there with great strength, while the tiger was trying to bite, shake, move that shield out of the way. Immediately, Guru Hargobind drew his vicious tiger-like Shamshir sword, while remaining like a pillar, firm in his feet. And with rage that spread over the Guru's face, his eyes went red, his lips were twitching. At the same time, Immediately, he struck the tiger with the shield, and the tiger fell back. The tiger then went on its hind legs, its back legs, standing up, spreading out, opening up his arms tall, and he was just about to attack when Guru Hargun, with all his force, with his right hand holding his Damascus Kardag sword, swung across diagonally, but across the belly, chopping the tiger into two parts. The sword swinging so fast with so much force that it came down on the left side and got stuck in the ground. Tiger fell in two parts, and Guru Hargobin then pulled out his sword out of the ground. The Guru struck with so much rage and force that all the Sikhs who saw this, they were just astonished. The Guru cut down the tiger like how one cuts a branch of a banana tree off. The death from the hand of the Guru resulted in the tiger going to the heavens. But then Guru Hargobin mounted up on his horse and continued to hunt in the forest. After some time, Guru Hargobin remembered Mata Kaulang and traveled back to Kurtarpur. Mata Kaulang, who in her mind was forever connected, was contemplating Guru Hargobind. What a fortunate person Mata Kaulang was, who had such love for the Guru. 
Guru Hargobind was riding very quickly from the jungle into the city. He then went to the house of Mata Kola where he dismounted. There were about three hours left before the day ended, before sunset. And that's when Kola received the divine sight darshan of Guru Hargobind. Kola's face had gone all yellow. Her eyes couldn't open very wide at all. Still, she had placed Guru Hargobind's form within her heart. She was merged with the Guru in her mind, couldn't really see Guru Hargobind properly, even though the Guru was close. Her servant said to her sweetly and touched her on the arm to slightly waken her up from her samadhi, for her, from her contemplation. So Matakona opened up her eyes and she saw Guru Hargobind. Her eyes, they opened up like lotus flowers opening when seeing the sun. Her beloved was standing right there beside her. She was a sacrifice over and over again to Guru Hargobind. She tried her best to get up, but she was not well. Guru Hargobind tried to stop her knowing that she was not well, but she just wouldn't stop trying. Guru Hargobind sat close to Matakola, comforted her, seeing how mad she had gone because of the love she had for the Guru. And Guru Hargobind then said, to bestow great bliss to you, I've come here. So listen, be ready. You have an hour and a half left. So understand that this is the end of your life. But until then, I will sit here with you. I won't leave at all, so be strong. We are created to have love for our bodies. But it doesn't stay with us. Understand it's just temporary, transient, material. Everything that you see itself is perishable. So understand your true form, that which is immortal, indestructible, that which doesn't take birth, that which does not die, that which remains forever new and youthful, that consciousness, that force by which the world sees what it sees. Those who see the world with so much fascination and attachment, at the end of their life, they are led astray and they suffer greatly. Those who are attached to the truth, the eternal, they are not led astray. They are the ones who have no coming and going. That divine, which isn't female, which isn't male, which isn't a eunuch, that divine is imbued with truth, consciousness, and bliss. That is one's true form, which has expanded out as the world. But if one only has ignorance, arrogance over one's body, then they are forever in pain. Such a person forever takes birth and dies over and over again, suffering on their head the vicious strike of death. That's why you should attach your focus, your consciousness, to your true form. So now abandon this arrogance of one's body. This arrogance, this attachment to one's body, that is the one cause of all the other mental problems like ragdwek, the identification with likes and dislikes, other vices, when one's arrogance, when one's attachment is abandoned from the body, then no sense of self remains and one is liberated. Like how when uprooting a trunk of a tree, the tree dries up, the leaves, the fruit, they all fall off. In the same way, when you uproot this trunk of arrogance of the self, of the body, then all the other vices, they all fall off at once. So Guru Hargobind said this and looked gracefully upon her, by which that grace took away all the arrogance, the attachment to her body. And her focus, her consciousness then stood in peace, it stood in one place, and by which she saw her true self. Through the Guru, she had received a divine wisdom, Brahmgyan, where she was unattached from any ragdwek, pleasure, dislike, pain, attachment, or pride. When she looked around, she said, what happened? And her perception now, it had changed. She was experiencing the world 
in a different manner. Within her mind, she was fully imbued in the contemplation of the divine. Like how, through false understanding, one sees a snake in dark, but it's really rope, and then they run about in great fear. In the same way, ego, this attachment to the body, is causing erroneous perception, a false way of looking at the world. And in this doubt and delusion, people have this illusion of something that is not there, and they experience great pain. In this way, she thought and contemplated. Her focus, her contemplation had settled within the divine. She remained now in this contemplation, this meditation. All her ignorance of the divine was now taken away. This is how chapter 23 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear how Mata Kaulanji passes away, the funeral rites. That's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Get out,